Hey, y'all, you're listening to the Mother Far From Home podcast with me, your host, Rachel Norman. If you desperately need a common sense, down-to-earth perspective on how to mother well without losing it, living in constant stress, or needing to escape your life, you have come to the right place. Hello, Mama, and welcome back to the podcast. I am very excited today to talk about something that has been near and dear to my heart for years, and that is having a mother's helper. So that's kind of like a specific term, I guess, that that I use, and I'll go into why, but my thesis for this talk is that moms who are able to really, you need to get a mother's helper, and you're probably more able to have one than you thought. So let me just dive into all of the issues and all the things having to do with getting somebody to come over and help you out. Ever wondered what it means to have boundaries in parenting with your own children? Well, I lived a boundaryless life. It did not turn out well for me or the kids. And I realized that I, like you, and every other mom on earth has limits. We have boundaries, whether we've realized it or not. And we need to honor them if we want to live peaceful lives. I like to joke that while my book is called If Mama Ain't Happy, the real goal here is not happiness. For most moms right now, that's pie in the sky. The real goal, sad as it is to say, is not being depressed and wanting to escape your own life. So if that's you, if that's where you're at, grab a copy of my new book, If Mama Ain't Happy, Why Minding Healthy Boundaries is Good for Your Whole Family. You can buy the book any places books are sold. Or if you want to get a free copy of my Limit Locator and Boundary Building Worksheets, Google A Mother Far From Home, If Mama Ain't Happy. Choose the first link there at the top. So it was years ago, it was probably six, seven years ago, you know, when my kids were still very young. It was actually when I found out I was pregnant as a surprise with my fifth child. And I, my, you know, my husband was working and I was at home with four kids and I had this here website I was doing and I just thought, you know, I just need somebody like maybe 10, 12 hours a week, not a big deal, a couple times a week. I just need help. I just honestly can't do this all on my own. And so I just started kind of praying about it. And then I asked around at church and somebody at our church who was newly married and in anyway, Carly came into the picture and she was our beloved mother's helper for four, maybe five years, something like that. Um, before she retired to have her own baby. And it was just such a beautiful, lovely experience since then. I've always just shared with moms about how they could have one too. So now first I'm going to talk about the difference between a nanny and a mother's helper. So this, they can kind of seem like maybe they're the same thing, you know, I mean, so we know an au pair, for example, is somebody who comes and lives in your house and you give them room and board and food in exchange for them watching your kids for like a set amount of hours a day, maybe at six or seven hours a day. So um, a nanny, now I will say my mother's helper did kind of call herself a nanny to other to other people. Like she would say, oh, I nanny for, you know, the Normans, for example. But and a nanny is probably someone who's a look at definitely at least grown up and the age to where they can drive to you. So a mother's helper may or may not be. So a mother's helper could be any age. You know, you could have the neighborhood homeschooling middle schooler or high schooler that comes over. And in fact, those are great people. Those are great candidates to be your mother's helper. Whereas the nanny's usually old enough to drive, you know, they're probably a legal adult, at least 18 or if not older. 
A mother's helper can be as part-time as you would like. You might only have a mother's helper that is going to come over three hours a week, for example. Whereas a nanny generally works pretty heavily full-time, if not if not full-time, just for your family. So you think of a mother's helper as someone who is similar to a babysitter, but more than a babysitter, because and we'll get into that. Well, I Let's get into it. So a babysitter with somebody, it would be they would come over and maybe just make sure they were sort of watching the kids or put the kids to bed so you could go on a date and then they're going to like watch TV or something, you know, scroll on their phone while the kids are asleep while you're gone. Whereas a mother's helper is going to come and do anything that you would do to do anything that would be helpful to you. So a mother's helper might literally do anything around the house including watching the kids, but not only watching the kids, which is kind of what, you know, more what a nanny would do. So let's talk about age ranges that would be good for a mother's helper. So my, um, when Carly came to us, she was probably 20, maybe. And I think that's a great age. But also, again, like I said, an excellent candidate, especially if you're a stay-at-home mom um, and you're home during the day, is finding a homeschooling high schooler, middle schooler. This is a great age too, because you just want somebody who can, somebody that you can trust, of course, somebody who can play with the kids. Now, a mother's helper might even just be around when you are. You might not even go anywhere. It's just that if the kids need snacks and they need diaper changes and they want to play, it's going to be the helper that does it. Or if you just really need a bath and a nap and a rest, that you're going to still be at the house and your mother's helper might, you know, play games with the kids or do whatever. So maybe she's loading the dishwasher, unloading the dishwasher, etc. It just depends on what kind of help that you need. So it uh, having somebody that's younger that could be come over. Now, this would mean if you had a mother's helper who's in, say, middle school, you probably wouldn't leave your kids alone with her to go anywhere. I don't know. But... If, if you're just wanting somebody to come over and help lighten your load and help do the things that you do just to give you some more hands, that younger age is good. Otherwise, of course, any age can do. College kids is a good age if they're, you know, wanting some part-time work while they're going through school. And then they can go and come. And, of course, you'd be able to leave your little ones with a college-age um, helper. <laughs> Do you feel like your days go by in a blur and all those things you meant to get done never really get done? The good news is it isn't because you don't have enough self-discipline or because you're just lazy. It's because you need better routines. I created some daily routine brainstorm sheets with lots of examples for routines based on your kids' ages that you can get free on my website. Go to amotherfarfromhome.com slash routine sheets that's a motherfarfromhome.com slash routine sheets and grab these free printables. So now I want to talk about what to look for in a helper. So this is kind of where a lot of moms get stuck. So like, you know, you know, you feel overwhelmed, you know, you need help, you figured out how much you have to pay and now you're ready to do it. But it's like, who can I hire? Oh, and on that note, on my website, amotherfarfromhome.com, I have quite a few posts about mother's helpers, including how to pay the age, interview questions, etc. So if you just go to my website, at amotherfarfromhome.com and in the search bar type in mother's helper you'll all of those will pop up but so when you're thinking about what to look for in a mother's helper the first thing i want to say to look for 
is someone who is not lazy. I mean, this is the first thing to look for, okay? You might not know this, at, at, though. This is, that's what's a bit hard. You might not know the lazy till you get them up over at the house. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, when you're trying to hire, what you're going to look for, the first thing you want to do is you, you do want to consider your budget so you know how often that you can have somebody to come over in around about how many hours. And then you want to consider what you want them to do. If you just are kind of getting haggard in the afternoon and you just like some time to do a little bit of work, and if, you know, whether you're doing part-time work or you just want some me, me time, alone time, you want to go to the gym, whatever, you need to know what you want to do so that you know how old the person needs to be. And that you need to know kind of what level of responsibility they're going to have. Because if they're just coming over and helping you watch the kids or helping the kids do chores or they're doing, you know, they're watching the kids outside in the backyard while you're inside the house for a couple of hours, this all goes into determining the type of person that you can hire. The second thing you want to do is you want to think about how often you want somebody to come over and what level of commitment you need from that person. So it's like, do you want them to come 15 hours a week? Do you want somebody to come 20 hours a week or maybe just five hours a week? This will kind of determine how it goes because if you're wanting someone say, who's going to come like 12 hours a week and you want her to be pretty dedicated, but they're in college, you, you have to know that they're, or in, in high school even, you're not going to be their first priority and they might flake out on you a lot. And so this is something you want to, I mean, I hate to say that the individual person might not flake out on you, but it's just, you know, I've heard from lots of moms and, uh, you know, am a mom myself when I've tried this after our uh, mother's helper left before we moved out of that phase, tried a few other ones. And that is a hard phase of life because, you know, if studies come, you know, they got a big test or whatever the case, they might just not come. And so you kind of want to know, you know, it might be, it might be the case where you want somebody who's older and retired to come. So you need to, before you think about who would fit, you need to think about what do you want them to do? How often do you want them to come? How serious are you about them regularly coming? You know, and that all kind of plays into it because ultimately you want somebody extremely reliable and in a stage of life where they're not likely to call you the night before and be like, I can't come tomorrow. Like you, if you just want somebody to come over randomly, that might be okay, but it's going to get old pretty quick. And you just want somebody that you can depend. The fact of the matter is, family routines make the home go round, and they aren't just for the kids. I'm a certified baby and toddler sleep consultant, language of listening parent coach, and mother of five kids at one point in five years and under. If there's one thing that's true, it's this. Without daily routines and systems in place, life is chaotic, stressful, and anxiety-inducing. The only way to get our mom responsibilities done in peace is this, family routines. Simple family rhythms give you predictability, organization, and calm. My best-selling workshop, Family Routines Reboot, is a three-day challenge to creating easy, effective family routines that make family life peaceful again. It focuses on the whole family routines, child routines, and self-care routines. Visit a mother far from home slash reboot for more details. Again, it's a mother far from home slash reboot. 
The next factor that's so important when you're choosing somebody to, you know, come and be your helper and watch your kids is you want somebody who's willing to jump in and do what needs to be done. So for example, Carly, I remember times when I would just be worn out or I would be resting and I would come out and she would have loaded or unloaded the dishwasher. She would have mopped. I mean, she just was looked around. And when I hired her, I said, I can't. I need someone who is not precious. Like I need to be, you know, I need someone who's just gonna do what needs to be done. You know, if it needs to be done, we're gonna do it. And, you know, is not, I wouldn't ask you to do anything I wouldn't do, but I might ask you to do anything that I would do. And so I think that kind of helped set an expectation at the beginning because you, what you don't want is somebody coming over and just sitting on, you know, putting the kids on a tablet and sitting there on their phone scrolling because you literally could get your kids on a tablet for free and you wouldn't have to pay anybody. That's like not going to, that's not going to go. That's not going to be the thing. So you want to make sure that you set clear expectations. Um, So that's on to my next point. I'll go ahead and hit that. Whenever you're deciding who to hire, you want to make sure and set really clear expectations. You want to be blunt or direct. Let's put it like that. Durant, Blunt has a negative connotation. You want to be direct. You want to say, uh, like I said earlier, I'm not asking you to do anything I wouldn't do, but I'm going to ask you to do anything I would do. I just, if if that's gross or dirty or you know you're not going to want to, that's totally okay. You know, just be honest. I'm going to expect you to help. Because you, what you don't want is somebody coming to you every five minutes because they don't want to do this or that or coming to you with problems, you know? And so another way you want you want to express is, you know, I, I need somebody to help me do X, Y, Z, whatever it is. And you want to make sure you have an expectation of what that looks like. Because not everybody is operates the same way. So for example, some people, if they have a list of five things to do, the first thing they do is the list of five things, and then they get on with the rest. Other people just set that aside and think they're going to get to it, and it's like it, it doesn't have a place on their calendar, and it might be two, three, four, five days before they get to it. And this is going to, if you're the type who wants it done when you want it done, that's going to grate your nerves, it's going to erode respect, and it's just not going to work out. So the way to avoid those type of expectation confusions is to be clear about what you want, And even maybe on the days that your helper is coming, you might set out a list. This is what uh, needs to happen today. And so before you hire somebody, you want to just be clear that this is what you're going to do. You know, with no surprises, no confusion, you're making no excuses. You're not justifying your choice to have a helper. You're literally saying, I need help. I'm going to pay you. Here's what I need you to do. Do you agree? And if they don't agree, don't do it, you know? And especially if they're younger, I mean, they will. And and they will learn a lot also from being in your home and being in, you know, another home that they grow up in, grew up in, um, being in another home than the one they grew up in. And if they're, especially if they're a homeschooling student, or even if they're coming in the afternoons after school, if they also have siblings, then you know, they're used to watching kids. So, because if people aren't used to watching kids at all, this can give you like a nervous vibe, like if your kids, you know how kids do crazy stuff. And then if you're, if you're, somebody's coming over who's not used to kids doing crazy stuff, you can feel real insecure about this. And this can make you sort of almost feel defensive. You don't really want that, right? You want somebody who's just cool, they're laid back, they're like, we're going to go with this flow. Oh, you know, yeah, we're going to go with this flow. It's going to be okay. So you, you want somebody who's diligent. Okay, so now I want to talk about how to find a mother's helper. I feel like I'm breezing through the points that I had knocked out here. Um, oh, actually, before I do that, let me talk about things your helper can do around the house. So they can do laundry. 
They can gather, like they can gather the laundry, they can wash, dry, fold, they can put it away. They can help your kids, like monitor your kids doing that chore themselves. They can change bedding, um, you know, load, unload the dishwasher, you know, do the kitchen. They can clean bathrooms. They can prepare meals. I know some people have mother's helpers and they come and sort of prepare an early dinner. They can make snacks. They can prepare school lunches. They can dust. You know, they can do any of the normal chores you do. They can do any of the normal tidying. They can monitor your kids' tidying. They can do crafts with your kids. They can just watch your kids play outside. They can take your kids to the park. Um, Any of these types of things that you would normally do are things that are perfect for a helper to come and help you do. Um, And you might not immediately know what that's going to be. And it might be something that just sort of over time, you know, makes itself known. But those are just some things to, you know, start you off with. They're going to be in a supervisory role, okay? So they can set up imagination games. That's another one. I'm looking at a blog post I wrote here a while ago. They can do the, you know, they can put your kids down to nap. They can give your kids snacks. They can feed your kids. They can bathe them. They can help carry out your routine. If you have a routine, they can just go ahead and, you know, help that go with the kids and do that, like do the routine with them. Um, And I often had Carly come with us if I was going to go to do a big shop at like Sam's Club, you know, which is like our Costco. I don't I don't want to go to Sam's Club with five little kids under six. Like, it just ain't my cup of tea, you know? So Carly would come with me. And so this would just make it more enjoyable. I just felt more relaxed. Like, if I was taking a couple of kids to doctor's appointments, I would often book when she was going to be there, and she could come with me. So, uh, and or she would stay at home with the kids as well. But if we were all going to go, then it just felt like I had other hands there, you know? A mother's helper might drop the kids off at school. They might pick them up. They might pick them up from some kids up from daycare, or they might stay home with a napping baby. So you can do that. All of those things, you know, are just basically insert anything that you would do. And that's what they could do. Ever feel worried you aren't as connected with your child as you'd like to be? I have an easy tool to help you feel that connection, the connection that is already there, of course. I've put together 50 plus fun and interesting questions to ask your kids. They'll get you laughing and you'll learn a lot of interesting things about your child and maybe even about yourself. Go to amotherfarfromhome.com slash connect to get your free printable. That's 50 plus connection questions that you can use in just times of bonding, one-on-one times, even times in the car. So again, you can get it at amotherfarfromhome.com slash connect. So how to find one. Okay, now I only found one in one way. And then afterwards, I tried to get another couple that didn't end up working out. And then COVID happened and the person I had, you know, um, didn't want to come. And so then after that, we just kind of had moved into a different phase by that point. But the way that I found one is first was looking in already my social circles. I found mine at church. So that's a great place to look. But If you don't go to church, you can look in your social circles, you know, are you in any moms, local moms group, or even better if you live in a neighborhood. I mean, it's totally optimal to have a a kid from your actual neighborhood come over because then this is close, you know, or someone 
that this will allow some independence for that child as well, too, because then the mom or you don't have to drop them off and get them if they're younger. So if they're older, that's obviously not a factor. But you can ask around. I mean, you can just obviously post on social media. And there are, um, you can go to like care.com and places like that. Um, and I'm sure there's some other ones by now. I don't even know what all they would be to find somebody to help. But I have found that there you will pay a lot more it seemed like for me not being in a and I'm in a rural area so it it for to make it worth the other person's while they really would have to work a lot of hours since they had to drive quite a bit so I kind of think getting personal recommendations of people is is really the first best way to go now if you move somewhere new and need help and don't know anybody this is when you might you know go resort to one of the websites but even so I would still probably if you're joining a local church or something like this, I would still probably ask there first. So now when we're talking about paying a mother's helper, obviously the rates will vary depending on where you are. So you're just going to want to look up, you know, what or what you feel is fair. I don't even going to get into that. I do have a blog post on it. You can find that on my website, A Mother Far From Home, How Much to Pay a Mother's Helper. You could search that and it'll come up. Um, but one thing I wanted to note that I did is just to make it fair to me and fair to... Um, Carly at the time, is it was sort of, we, you know, I decided an hourly rate and a set number of hours per week, and we had a basic schedule. If she had to cancel, then what I did was just, I still would pay her the same. We would make up that day. So I felt like this meant that she got a steady amount of money, and then I was flexible. So, and, and very, I mean, she was just very diligent and reliable, so I didn't have any issues with this. But what you don't want, if you say, okay, I'll pay you. So this is kind of my, my warning and my caveat caveat. If you say I'll pay you for what you work this week and they're supposed to work 10 hours and they only come five and then you pay them for five. It's kind of like, cool, that's fine. And then the next week, maybe they come for seven. You know, like they, they don't feel that they owe you because they're only getting paid for what they did, which can mean they don't actually show up the uh, full amount of time that you wanted. So it seemed easy. It seemed more fair to her to get a set amount and good to me that if she couldn't come, that's okay. We would just make the day up. And then that's how we worked it. So maybe one week she'd come once and the next week she might come three times to make that up. And that really worked well for us. So obviously you need to, you know, figure out, I mean, there's so many ways to pay these days. You can pay Venmo, PayPal, cash check, whatever, whatever it is. Um, but you want to make sure that you're being fair and above board and you're going to pay a fair rate to them. And, that, but that it's going to be commensurate to what they're going to do. Okay. So if they're home with you, it might be a little less than you would pay someone who's going to watch them for five hours while you're not home. Um, and again, you can find more ideas there on my website, but I just really want to encourage you to think out of the box here. Even if you've got kids in school, say, and you know, you're working and you come home and you feel like, Oh, I just love a little bit of help. And you have a little bit of wiggle room in the budget. It's a great idea to bring somebody else in. You get to see how the kids respond to somebody else. They get to learn to be respectful to others. And you just can get a little bit of a break, a little bit of help, you know, and it's different than hiring a contractor to say, come over and clean everything. Instead, you could hire a mother's helper to watch the kids while you clean or to get with the kids and help them clean. It just, just get thinking outside of the box because especially if you have, and I think of this a little bit like it can also be a mentoring opportunity. So you have a little bit of time, you have some space in the budget and you know, there's another, like a lovely young woman and you kind of want to, you know, just encourage 
encourage her, pour into her, get just, you know, mentor is a strong word here, but, uh, you know, just come alongside her. Think about even if you don't strictly need help, but it would be useful, but you could use that opportunity to bless somebody else. It is a great opportunity. It's, it's, Getting to be a mother's helper is a great way to earn some money, learn some independence, and just kind of get, you know, especially for maybe high schoolers, early college age kids, get a little bit of income coming in in a lower stress environment. And I think it can really bless everyone. I just know that it was one of the biggest blessings that has ever happened with our family. And we still, I mean, love her to pieces. So I hope this has encouraged you to just think about, yeah, getting getting some help out there. And if you have any questions, of course, you can find me on Instagram and ask me there. It's at a mother far from home. I will talk to you next time. As always, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. You can find me on my website, a mother far from home and on YouTube under the same name. If you like this podcast, I'd love it if you could write a five star review and it'll help all the algorithms to get it in front of other moms who benefit from this encouragement. Until next time, keep it real out there, mama.